And so now we're kind of the eclectic approach and we just kind of use a mixture of things for each of our kids. And that has been what has worked best for us. And one of those reasons is because we do, um, we are homeschooling a child with special needs. And so I kind of had to break up with really any philosophy that worked with my girls to kind of meet his needs as we've been on this homeschool journey. Welcome back to the All in a Homeschool Day podcast. I'm really excited for season two. This season, we will be talking about myths homeschool moms believe. There are so many reasons that can hold us back that we think we cannot effectively homeschool our children. So during this season, I want to debunk some of those myths. I think you will be really blessed to hear from the women on the podcast this season. If you are inspired by their stories and feel that you have a story you want to share with the listeners of the podcast, please go to triumphantlearning.com forward slash podcast and you can find instructions of how you can become a guest on the podcast. I love sharing the stories of our struggles and our triumphs and just encouraging other homeschool moms as they go on this journey. My guest this week is Misty Bailey, and we had a great time talking about homeschooling and the challenges that that can bring. She has a special needs child that she has learned to um, teach to his needs, and she shares with us some tips and some tricks of how they have embraced those needs and how they deal with those challenges that they present. She reminded us that we need to be students of our children and how whenever we can do that, we can create an atmosphere for them where learning is fun, where they find joy, and they can continue to progress. She also reminded us about the importance of finding joy in homeschooling and building relationships with our children and how those two aspects really take precedence over so many other aspects of homeschooling like the academics. So I hope you enjoy this podcast and the wisdom that she provides us and the reminders to enjoy the journey and to know that you are capable of homeschooling your child, special needs or not. Well, I want to welcome to the show today, Misty Bailey. And I've known Misty for a little while through some online circles and uh, know that she has some wisdom that she can share with us today. So Misty, let's start by having you tell us a little bit about your family and about your homeschool journey so far. Hey, Crystal. I'm so excited to be here. Um, So my name's Misty and I am homeschooling my three kids. We have been homeschooling since 2009. I was a reluctant homeschooler. I kind of went into it kicking and screaming. Um, My husband was against it at first. Uh, Once the Lord laid it on my heart and I wanted to, he was against it. So we kind of made a slow transition from public school into homeschooling. um, And we have been doing it since 2009. And my oldest is 14. We are in high school. So as of right now, we plan on being in it for the long haul. It makes a big difference when you take it the short term in mind, and then you suddenly realize you're at high school. I know. It's like open my eyes. Yeah. It's crazy. It is. It's went so fast, but I'm so blessed. It definitely sneaks up on you. (laughs) (laughs) 
So when you began your homeschool journey, um, as you said, you came into it very reluctantly. So I'm curious what influenced your decision to homeschool and the ideas that influenced the education that you're providing your children? So um, when I say we came into it reluctantly, I went to school to be a public school teacher. So I had in my mindset that once my kids were old enough, I was going back into the public school system. I was going to go back into teaching because I loved it. And I actually quit my teaching job. Um, I didn't really want to, but I did it to stay home with my kids because it was what was best at the time. And I don't, I don't regret it, but it was, it was a hard transition. So the Lord laid homeschooling on my heart. And I at first didn't want to do it, but then um, he kept putting homeschoolers in my path. And these homeschoolers were normal people. They weren't the weirdos that I thought they were going to be. And I slowly started seeing the beauty in homeschooling. I started noticing the differences in the homeschooling families and character qualities I wanted to see in my kids. And we started facing some issues within the public school system, nothing major, but just some issues with my daughter. Um, and she was bringing home behaviors we didn't really want her to have. And so that is kind of how we ended up into homeschooling. Now, as far as philosophies go, um, I did start this with the public school mindset. So my first child, we bought the big box of curriculum um, and sat down with full plans on doing textbooks for four to six hours and she was in kindergarten. So yeah, <laughs> that didn't work out that well. Um, and then I started getting introduced to the Charlotte Mason style of homeschooling and I fell in love with it. So we kind of tried it out and it didn't work for me and my teaching style. I, I still use some of her philosophies and I love her and I want to be a Charlotte Mason homeschool mom, but it doesn't fit us right now. And so now we're kind of the eclectic approach and we just kind of use a mixture of things for each of our kids. And that has been what has worked best for us. And one of those reasons is because we do, um, we are homeschooling a child with special needs. And so I kind of had to break up with really any philosophy that worked with my girls to kind of meet his needs as we've been on this homeschool journey. I love how you've embraced letting go of the public school mindset and even letting go of a single educational philosophy. I, I really don't think that if you really sat down and talked to homeschool moms and they said, yes, I'm a Charlotte Mason homeschool mom or I'm a classical mom, I bet if you really dug into it, there, nobody is a purist because the philosophy is great and you bring that into so much of what you do, but we don't live in a vacuum and there are so many demands on us. Our children are all so different. And so I love how you've found what works for you and incorporated aspects of it, of different philosophies. I would assume um, Charlotte Mason being one of them. And I would assume some textbooks and some whatever it is that you need to get it to work so that your children can um, achieve their best. Yeah, and it has been a journey. It has definitely been a journey through the years getting to that point and letting go of these um, ideas that you have in your head of education. But I think it's really one of my favorite parts of homeschooling is the freedom to be able to do that. And um, whatever you finally get to that point and you're able to let go, which it, it takes a while. I, I wish somebody would have told me that years ago that it would take so long to get to that point where you're able to have the confidence in your own ability to homeschool your kids. But once you get to that, it is so, so, so freeing. And um, I'm so thankful for it. I love that you said that. So 
Do you think that there were people or circumstances other than God's continually bringing it in front of you that you were able to let that go? I, I hear that from so many people that they just don't think they can do it and they, they're not comfortable making the decisions that they know are best for their kids. Yeah. So starting off, um, there was a mom within our church that actually introduced me to homeschooling. And I've talked about her before in some other interviews. And one of these days, she's going to have to realize that I talk about her. But (laughs) her name is Jamie Brown. And she actually introduced me to homeschooling. And her kids at the time, I thought they were so old. They were like third and fifth grade, I think. And I'm like, wow, these kids are so old and they're so good. And this has worked out so well for her because my kids were little. I mean, we're talking four and six. So to me, that was, you know, she was homeschooling these older kids. Um, but she really helped me through the years. She's also the person that introduced me to the big textbook box curriculum, but she was also the person that was encouraging me to let it go when it didn't work. And she talked me off the ledge quite a few times. Um, and now I'm, I'm so thankful. I still call her and ask her for wisdom all the time because she's graduated hers and one is a missionary. Um, he's actually getting ready to serve in the middle East with his wife and the other one, you know, leads worship in church, her daughter. And I've seen these well-rounded, um, kids at the time turn into these wonderful adults that have had an impact on my kids' life. And so she really made a big impact on me. And she's actually one of the reasons um, that I started our homeschool group in our area now with younger moms at the time. And I've just really wanted to pour into other homeschool moms the way that she has poured into me. Because I think we all need those real life people that we can talk to and that can help us on this homeschool journey. Definitely. There is so much value in having that community. Mm-hmm. And I would assume, so you have a, uh, one of your children has some special needs and that has an interesting dynamic on your homeschool day, I'm sure. And I would assume that you need to have some additional support from your community as you're um, dealing with that. So would you mind sharing with us some of the ways that uh, you have found has been really helpful for you and your family, your children? in terms of meeting those special needs and how you are able to um, mold your your homeschool around meeting all of their needs and not letting the special needs really take over. Yeah. So um, my son, Daniel, uh, he has ADHD, apraxia, dysgraphia, and dyslexia. And I make the comment, which one of my daughters also has ADHD, but ADHD in girls is so different than ADHD in boys. And the accommodations we had to make for her were so minimal that I really didn't feel that they were, they made a huge impact on our homeschool. But then I say that God gave me Daniel because he has a sense of humor (laughs) because (laughs) he literally threw our world upside down with his nonstop energy. Um, He was he is the character, the textbook child that nobody wants to homeschool. <laughs> I, I hate to say that I love him. I love him so much, but if God would have given me him first, I would have never started on this journey because, um, I would have never thought I was capable of homeschooling him and his needs. So, um, the biggest thing I feel that special needs has taught me is to really look at the individual needs of each child. So his, his needs, the way he learns has been so different from how my girls learned that I felt like I had to relearn everything when it comes to homeschooling because nothing worked. None of the curriculum worked. None of the methods I used with the girls worked. 
And I kept telling myself, I kept finding all of these things I said I would never do. I was doing them with him. Um, and so being flexible and realizing that our kids all are going to learn differently. They're all going to have their own needs. They're all going to learn at their own pace, I think was huge because my girls were so easy. Like they made homeschooling look easy. And I honestly feel looking back and that this sounds awful, but I felt like I kind of walked on this homeschool mom pedestal a little bit like, Oh, you know, here's my girls homeschooling so easy and you're struggling like, Oh, well here, let me help you. But I had no idea what I was talking about until I had Daniel and he kind of knocked me down a few pegs and I saw why, you know, these struggles that people had, especially in the special needs community. Um, as far as a community and a team, um, we have speech therapists, we have, we've had occupational therapists. Um, we have had to bring in different, um, styles of homeschooling that I never thought we would use. We use a lot of online resources now with him because kids with ADHD, their minds move so much faster and that really helps him. So like we use Nessie.com for reading. We've used math seeds for math because he likes the games and the interactive um, things. And that's something I never thought I would use um, at his age. And we've had to bring in a lot more hands-on resources, a lot more tactile, more sensory um, things. We've had to, I've had a trampoline in my, <laughs> in my schoolroom for a while. Another thing I said I would never do. Um, just so many different things we have, I have learned since, uh, homeschooling him. And, um, it has definitely been a journey. And if there's other homeschool moms out there with special needs, um, I would just encourage them to definitely be flexible and to take their time and to really get to know and become, um, a student of your child. I think I use that the right way, um, and learn and figure out how they learn and put in those methods and be, be flexible. Definitely. Being a student of your child is so hard mm -hmm. and constantly changing. And even we don't have the same level of special needs. We just have some kind of individual struggles with each of the girls. Mm -hmm. But we've had to be students of them and really take that step back and say, so what is really causing this issue? The frustration, I don't think, is about what they're telling me they're frustrated about. But when you start digging into it, then you can start really getting to the root of the problem and find a solution. So that is hard though, being a student mm -hmm. and taking that step back and trying to figure out what's really causing the problem. Have you found that there are things that you can, that you do that helps you do that? Or is it just the being observant and, and being consistent and just keep plugging away? Well, I think, so one of the hardest things I found for me with Daniel was seeing him, I, there, when you have a child with special needs, like there would be this wall up. So we would be, I would be using a teaching method and I would know that he would know it, but there was like a wall between his mind and his mouth and putting them together. And I started noticing things like that. And I started noticing um, he would fidget more when he didn't know something or he couldn't get the words out. Or he would clam up whenever he would try. He knew he could say, he knew the word, but he knew he couldn't say it the right way. And so there were little signs um, through the years that I picked up on. And I began doing research. I began like, uh, he's, he had a speech therapist from a young age because he had tubes in his ears. And we thought his speech delay was related to 
um, his constant earaches. And so I would just start talking to her. I would ask her questions like, you know, well, this is what I've noticed. I think there's more going on here. And I kept pushing and pushing and pushing and advocating for him until I could find out exactly at so many, I know a lot of people don't want the diagnosis. They don't want the label. But for me, that was so important because I needed to know the label, the diagnosis, so I could find the resources I needed to better serve him. And I could get him the help that he needed to meet those needs and to meet those struggles that he was having because he wanted to learn. There was just that wall up there. So I think the biggest thing for me was just recognizing those triggers, um, noticing what he would get agitated about, what led to that. And then finding the resources and the um, and the need the ways to advocate for him to get him what he needed. So taking taking that bit, that step back, like you said, and, and looking at all the little bitty triggers, which individually may or may not have meant something, but when you put them all together, that gave you a good picture of what's going on. Absolutely. And Daniel was not diagnosed with apraxia until he was five, and that's really old for a child with apraxia and because most of the time they're diagnosed at a lot younger age and the ADHD I knew, um, but the apraxia and then the dyslexia surprised me too, but definitely the apraxia. And I think the reason they have told me the reason he kind of fell through the cracks there, we have, we have a wonderful speech therapist, but we, we had been implementing so many things that he had all of these signs, but he also was a lot farther along than what they would expect expected him to be because we were putting, you know, trying to get him that help. Um, but once we got it, it made so much more sense, all of the other areas where he had struggled with. And um, that diagnosis made a huge, a huge difference for us in helping him. I think I agree with you. The having the diagnosis, as long as you view the label as the special gift that your child has yes. is really helpful. We have some uh, reading struggles that, you know, if I didn't, if I just kind of ignored it, she wouldn't be progressing. But because mm -hmm. we were able to recognize it, like you said, we can provide them the tools that mm -hmm. they need. It's not an excuse. Sorry, you still have to work hard. And yeah, this is really hard some days. But we have a plan going forward. So I guess a follow-up, I know you have hard days, and I'm sure that you have an even greater number of them than I do because of some of the special needs that um, your son has. So is there something that you do or remind yourself of or just your support group that helps you, especially on those days? Yeah, so I think that one thing, one way we get through those, those days, because with him, I might have a plan in mind of, okay, this is what we want to get done in a day. And I might have my stack over here of what we're going to do. But when reality sets in and we're halfway through it and he's done and I'm done and I find myself um, frustrated or aggravated, then we push that aside. And I, especially with him, have had to really focus on, um, is this going to hurt our relationship? you know, are these bad days, these, these frustrations I have, um, is pushing him really going to help him or is it going to hurt this relationship? And there are days whenever, you know, he has to do things and they are going to be hard. And we, we talk to him. We're like, you know, we know you struggle and you know, this is why you struggle. God made you different, but you know, these are all of the wonderful qualities you have as well. And we try to focus a lot on those, a lot of the good qualities, a lot of the strengths that he has, 
Um, but also be flexible enough to, I don't ever want homeschooling to hurt the relationship I have with my son. And I may have to step back and put stuff aside more often than another mom. Um, but it is worth it for me to have this relationship with my son. And a lot of times we would just close up the books, the school books and just read books together and just, um, remind myself that homeschooling is a joy. And if it gets to the point where it's not, then it's time to kind of walk away and just be mom again, if that makes any sense. And that is so wise. Yeah. And I will also say that, um, and I hope it's okay to mention this, but the thing that you had talked to me about whenever you did my interview, uh, on my podcast, the being the, um, thermostat, not the thermometer. I have really, really been focusing a lot more on that too. And reminding myself that I've noticed that if I start get frustrating, frustrated, then his level of frustration rises too. And so I've had to remind myself to be more of the thermostat. And not like, isn't oh. it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I mean, that, that has made a huge impact too. I, I've, I've done it for a while, but having that analogy, like, okay, this, this helps this, this really helps. So I've enjoyed that as well. I'm so glad that there are many days that I still, that, that comes to the back of my mind. It's so ingrained in me now that it'll pop up and I'm just, oh yeah. Okay. Calm down. Yeah. It'll all, it'll all work out. So, but I want to mention too, to go along with um, finding the joy. I, I was just talking to a mom last night about she wants to find joy in her homeschool again and they're not enjoying the process of learning. And so she's really working hard to get that back. You have some t-shirts that mm-hmm. can help provide that visual reminder oh, for yeah, you. Yeah, I'm actually wearing one today during our interview. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, I have a blog. It's called Join the Journey. And I also sell t-shirts um, that say Join the Journey on them. And they have John 15, 11 on them. Uh, and that is that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. I think I have that right. It's kind of put on the spot a little bit. Sorry. Um, but I, I do believe that when it comes to homeschooling and joy, that we need to remember that each day um, is a joy. It's a gift that we have, a gift to spend with our children. And the shirts are just kind of a tangible reminder that we are on a journey together with our kids and we can find joy in that journey every single day. And, um, that's been a blessing to me. I have my kids remind me sometimes if I start getting frustrated, choose joy, mom, choose joy. And I remind them of that as well. And it's been kind of a fun reminder in our homeschool that, um, we want more joyful days, not frustrated days. And I want my kids to look back and remember homeschooling as a joy and not as a mom that was constantly frustrated and angry. And it's hard to get those moments. Um, and, I do have a podcast. It's the Joyfully Homeschooling Podcast. And one of the things that I ask moms is how do they find joy in their homeschool day? And so many of them um, have said the same thing, and that is to remember the gift of homeschooling, to find those little moments every day that make you thankful, and to really focus on the relationship with our kids over the books because that's the thing that's eternal. That's the thing that's going to last forever and book learning has to come. It does, but right. not above the relationship and not above the joy in our homes. So sorry oh, for that. <laughs> I think if you can establish that joy more often than not, they're going to be motivated to keep yes. going on that book learning. So I love that you have the tangible reminder. I need so many tangible reminders. Yeah. <laughs> well, I want to wrap up and have you you have had so many nuggets of wisdom 
but I'm not sure what you would say is the one piece of advice you would want to give to a new homeschool mom. Um, to remember the gift. The, remember the gift that you're giving your kids, um, the gift of education, but also the gift of memories with their mom. And I really think that a happy and joyful mom is the best gift that we can give our children um, each and every day in their homeschool. So that's awesome. So remind us real quick again how people can find you if they want to learn some more or find those t-shirts. So you can find the t-shirts at joyinthejourneystore.net. And you can find my podcast and blog at joyfullyhomeschooling.com. Awesome. Thanks so much for being here. It has been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much, Crystal. It's been good talking to you too. I hope you enjoyed this episode today as much as I did. It was such a great reminder to remember the gift you're giving your kids of not only their education, but also the memories that they will have with you. And to just remember to find the joy in every day. Misty would like to offer a special discount to the podcast listeners. If you go to her store, joyinthejourneystore.net, you can use the coupon code CRYSTAL, C-R-Y-S-T-A-L, to receive $3 off of her t-shirts. And then you will have a visual reminder to find joy in the everyday moments. This podcast is supported by sales on triumphantlearning.com. Today's featured product is writing your family mission statement. Developing a family mission statement will help you make decisions that are best for your family as you live out God's calling on your family. Visit triumphantlearning.com forward slash mission statement to learn how to create a family mission statement with a step-by-step guide, including questions to guide your discussions and example mission statements from other families. As a thank you to my podcast listeners, use the coupon code AHDPODCAST to receive 10% off your order at triumphantlearning.com. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast and share it with your friends. Your feedback will help other homeschool moms find the show so they can be equipped to create a calm, peaceful home atmosphere too. Until next time, I hope you have a triumphant day.